0: Welcome to the Jesus Image Podcast. I'm going to give the final period, I promise, I promised you last week, on the temptation of Jesus. I kind of mixed them last week, but there's three things I want to touch on in our journey of the Lord's life, which is the eternal journey, amen? Uh, I'm going to preach a three billion year series on Jesus. I don't have another message. I don't want one. If you preach them, I love you. I'm just addicted to the man from Galilee. And Christ is all in all and must be all in all. Everything must point to him. And he is the vision by which we see all that he is. Once you find Jesus, you have found everything. And there's nowhere else to go. There's nowhere else to go, there's no other sermon worth preaching, there's no other reason to open the Bible. Jesus is the point of Scripture, and Christ crucified is the only proper lens to interpret the Scripture. If not, we we settle for mere moralism, and that's not bad, it's just not life-changing, The Lord promises us much more than uh, us attempting to do things well and properly. In fact, trying to live a righteous life outside of being made righteous by the ongoing quickening of the Holy Spirit is impossible. It's impossible. So what the world is waiting for is Jesus. And so to give him away, we must digest him on every front. Feast on the one who cannot be fully consumed. Gaze upon the one who cannot be fully gazed upon. You know, I always say, if you you have to go on a 40-day fast to see his pinky finger, it's worth it. And if you have to go on 20 after that to see more of him, and it, it might take a decade in between the two, it's worth every single offering we give the Lord. Jesus is beautiful. I said, Jesus is beautiful. So let's stay in, uh, on this track, and I want to I quickly just hem up the, this, this finality of his temptation in the wilderness. And then we're going to move into his entry into the ministry, okay? This will crescendo in his suffering and his passion by the time we get to Easter. And then we're all going to go wild and celebrate the glorious resurrection of Jesus. Amen. I like this because we go on the journey together. And so what I'd like to do is invite you all to read the text as a church family when you're home so that we can all journey together within the scriptures. This creates agreement and a oneness that is so beautiful and needed, okay? Go to Matthew 4. Now, the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, speak of this, primarily Matthew and Luke. Sorry, John is not a synoptic gospel. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are synoptic gospels. I loved, I mean, I don't love, but. It's amazing to me that John leaves the, the temptation of the wilderness out because he's just glorifying Jesus at such a level. He's like, dude, said the devil, you know, you don't even deserve to be in that wilderness with him. Let me just start with John 1. In the beginning was the word. He's like this triumphant exaltation, this doxology of the high and lifted Christ who came down. Nonetheless, we need to hear what Matthew Has to say. So just to save my voice, uh, Amy Pazinski, could you grab a mic? And then David, if you could get one as well. Let's start with Matthew chapter 4. And then, uh, Amy, could you just begin reading in verse 1? I'll, I'll tell you when to stop.
1: Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. Who led him? him?
0: Okay, keep going there, Amy.
1: To be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry.
0: I love that. I can't, I cannot ever get used to that. <laughs> after 40 days he was hungry. Anyone be hungry after two days? Or one day? Okay, sorry, Amy, keep going. Okay.
1: Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him and behold angels came and
0: ministered to him. Amen. Okay. Now, number one. Well actually let's cross reference Luke. Let's go to Luke chapter four. You don't mind the scriptures I hope. Right? Do you love his holy word? All right. Luke four. David. Uh, I'd like you to begin in verse one and I'll, I'll tell you when to stop as well.
2: Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you, and their glory. For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up.
0: Even the devil will use some scripture. He just won't use all of it. And I taught on that before, right? He left the part out that said, you will trample upon lions, serpents, and cobras. He he, he conveniently left out a verse. Keep going there, David.
2: Lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Mm. Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Then Jesus. That's good.
0: All right. A few things. Just some macro, big block truths from Scripture that it's important you understand. Y- you being able to weather and win in temptation will always precede more trust and more authority from the Lord. If a man cannot control his body, how can he qualify to lead God's people? If a man or woman cannot stay off a website, if he cannot control his members, how can he qualify to lead God's people into his presence? I don't want you to minimalize the heavenly attention that comes when you are in secret and you learn to gain victory over temptation that nobody knows about. Taming the body, taming the flesh, taming the Fallen thoughts, which the fathers of the church called passions. Learning to gain victory over those daily, whether anyone sees it or not, is a mighty win before heaven. It is needed and it is a rite of passage to be truly trusted by God. Now it may not be a rite of passage to receive a gift from the Holy Spirit it may not be a rite of passage to receive an impartation but it has absolutely a rite of passage if you're going to have a true ministry before the Lord hidden silent victories in solitude when no one is watching is seen in heaven and it is holy It is the commencement moment and the graduation moment to enter, in Jesus' case, his Galilean ministry. Remember, Adam fell and we fell with him. All right, the scripture says, in sin has my father or mother conceived me. I've been conceived in sin. Paul says, because of one man's sin, all received that, right? So while Adam fell in his temptation and we fell with him, Jesus rewrote the story by winning in the wilderness so that we can win with him. He won as you, not just for you. He won as you. That is what the entirety of the representative ministry or the priestly ministry hinges upon. He represents mankind forever at the right hand of God. Thank you, Jesus. I said, thank you, Jesus. So Jesus didn't die, just die for us. We've heard this before. He died as us. Yeah, he wasn't just buried for us. He was buried as us. See, Western thought just doesn't get this. Because we are so independent. This, this shouldn't be so mysterious if you have a family. Go touch a guy's wife. If the dude's in love with the wife, you better be ready. Because one of you are going to die. I'm like, look, somebody, somebody's not making it out of the room, right? Well, at least where I grew up. I'm not going to counsel you if you touch Jess. We're going to have a problem. A big one. (laughs) Someone's not leaving the room. (laughs) All right? Well, Eastern thought is like that. And that's why Jesus steps in when Saul is persecuting the church. And Jesus says, Saul, Saul, how's it working out for you? That's basically what he says. How's it working out as you kick against the goads and a goad was a wooden spike that you could put on things to keep animals out. It's like an like a ancient barbed wire system. You could put them on the, the hub of a chariot so that if it bumped into another chariot, it could cut up the other chariot, or you could use it to keep wolves out away from the sheep. They were spikes. And Jesus, I love it. He knocks him off his horse and he says, How's it working out as you kick against those spikes? The harder you kick, the deeper the wound. And then he says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Not my people, me. Now he had just stood and officiated the stoning of Stephen and the imprisonment of so many believers. Jesus steps in because he sees no daylight between him and the bride. None at all. So he says, why do you persecute me? Do you know the Bible says he who is joined to the Lord. This is what uh, Paul writes to the Corinthians. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. Well, how one is one? Pastor Benny in this church, I remember the first time I saw it, he'd take two glasses and he'd fill them both with water and then he'd interchange the water. You remember that? Into a single glass. So you had water from one bottle, not water from another bottle, and he'd pour it into two glasses and then pour both glasses into one glass. And then he'd ask the question, which water in this glass that you can see, can you distinguish which part came from each, which bottle? No. Because it became one. Now I'm not saying we are the Lord. Nobody's saying that at all. I am saying, however, that we are one with him. That's beautiful. That is wonderful. So Jesus was buried for us and as us. He suffered death fully, fully, fully suffered what it looks like to breathe your last. Ah, So that we can face that day with a smile. Do you realize we've seen, I don't know, I'd say over the last 34 years since I started seeing healings or being around the healing ministry. I think it's safe to say we've seen hundreds and hundreds of thousands of healings. I've seen some who, who, who weren't healed, but nobody loses in Christ. No one. Christians do not lose ever. Not when it comes to this. No, 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 To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And that liberates us from this fear of death that Hebrews two talks about. The whole world is afraid, and much of the church is afraid, and and we become more fearful when we stop beholding the crucified and risen Lord. When we realize Michael went in to the grave with Jesus, that's the whole point of baptism. Isn't that wonderful? So he's buried for us, as us. How's this one? Raised on our behalf. And raised as the firstborn from the dead. We were raised with him. Raised as us. Wow. How the Lord has honored humanity. Can you think of... I don't, know, I don't want to do a q and A. I'll just keep preaching. <laughs> Let me offer you two areas by which the Lord is highly dignified and highly honored humanity. The incarnation. God became a man. Do you think he loves people? He dignified humanity by becoming a man. He ascended to the right hand of the Father as a man. Talk about honoring humanity. Forever, forever now, there will forever be a God-man at the right hand of the Father sitting there on behalf of his creation. And the Father is happy to honor that forever. Hallelujah. There's something about his people that he burns for to that degree. Thank you, Lord. All right, let me, let's read um, 1 John 2.15. Amy, you'll, you'll read this, and if you don't mind, if you could just read it through verse 17. 1 John 2.15-17. through 17.
1: Do not love the world or the things in the world.
0: Say that again.
1: Do not love the world or the things in the world. All
0: right. Well, some of you are like, well, what about John three sixteen? For God to love the world. That's a totally different word in the Greek. He's not talking about that. Now the definition of what the world looks and sounds like comes. Keep reading there, Amy.
1: If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Wow. For all that is in the world. Here the, we go now. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever.
0: Praise the Lord. Now listen, when we talk about the world, we're not talking about God loving the cosmos. No, no, no. We're talking about the world's way. And John defines it in his epistle here, in chapter 2. He says, this is the world. This is the love of the world. The lust of the flesh, say the lust of the flesh, The lust of the eyes eyes. and the pride of life. life. All right. Now, let's go back and look at the temptation of the Lord and see if we discover lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Okay? Now, a a few key components. One more. Just one more I want to give you before we get into this text. Adam falls in a garden that is beautiful to the eye. There is growth everywhere, beautiful, the, the name uh, Eden means pleasure and joy, yet he falls by eating from a tree that looked alive. Now I want you to see the incredible role reversal or the divine wisdom by which Jesus flips this thing upside down and achieves victory. Jesus defeats the tempter in a wilderness, Adam succumbs to the tempter in a garden that is beautiful to the eye. Yeah. Alright? Adam eats from a living tree and death comes. Jesus dies on a dead tree and life comes. You see, that's, and that's why this, this world thing that John's getting at is not about the natural senses. You see how Jesus had to get up into a wilderness so that a garden could live in our own heart? And Eden means pleasure. In other words, he only, listen, he only plants gardens in realms of pleasure. Enjoying the Lord and being after his presence is where he wants to be the divine gardener. Your heart. Huh? Praise God. All right, so we've got these things. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. David. Go to Matthew 4, if you don't mind. Let's see if we find them here. Fire away, buddy. Mm -hmm.
2: Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, Afterward, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread.
0: Okay, stop. Stop there. Lust of the flesh. Right there. Jesus is fasting. His body is feeling it. His flesh is feeling the fast. And all of a sudden, the devil comes in. Remember, the devil will look to pervert your sacrifice. The devil will always offer you an easier route outside the cross. And we'll see that. That's, and, and people offer Jesus to make him king. When did they offer to make him king? When he multiplied food. How convenient. That's how we elect people today. Give me more so I don't have to work. Do this, do that, right? Get, if you give it to me, I'll vote for you. And that's what they're doing here. After he multiplies food, they say, oh, you know what? Let's make him king. And he gets out of there because Jesus refuses a kingdom without going through the window of the cross. It's by death that he has conquered death. Ah. So here we see the lust of the flesh. All right, David, keep reading.
2: But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. All
0: right, stop. The pride of life. It's the pride of life. It's what John mentioned here. It is is sometimes shrouded as unholy, untethered, Well, prideful risk that we're telling the whole generation go for it, go for it, go for it, choose your calling, go be a missionary, and choose whichever nation you want to go to. Now, while we want to empower every generation, not just Gen Z and Alpha and all that, we want to empower every generation, but the way in is not that way. You don't choose what God does with you. It sounds exciting. I mean, we can fill arenas doing it. You can grow Instagram doing it. You can have a big TikTok doing it. You just tell a bunch of young people what they're going to do with their life. And in a sense, you're saying, you can do whatever you want. Fall off the pinnacle. He'll take care of you. Not, not, not necessarily. That is not Christian rhetoric. Rhetoric if Christ is the source of our language. Jesus said the Son can do nothing without the Father. Jesus prayed all night just to pick his staff. Before he chose the twelve, he prayed all night. Guess what all night means in the Greek? It means all night. All (laughs) night he prayed. All night. Now do you think if there was anyone in the world who should have just known Who to choose? Because those guys had zeal? Could have been Jesus. But Jesus refused, do not miss this, an independent life. Independence is devilish when it comes to fellowship with God. Yieldedness, submission, humility, honoring Jesus, honoring authority, getting advice, asking for counsel. This is the Christian way. I don't want to cut the legs. Well, I do. I want to break the legs out from under you because I want the Lord to give you legs that have a limp. I want you walking in weakness. And those are the people God chooses. What does he do with the weak? Makes them strong. You, you, you give me the biblical economy of it all, and I will show you men and women who were used who didn't think they could do it. David? His own dad didn't even think he should qualify. When your dad, <laughs> when your dad leaves you out to clean up sheep poop, when the most holy servant of God in the land shows up, not a whole lot of belief in you. He goes. Wait. Samuel says, "Do you have any anyone else?" Well, imagine if you're David. Well, I got this one kid. He uh, cleans poop up and smells like sheep, like Ken, you know. <laughs> so, it's my weekly tithe. It's your offering, Kenny. All right. This this. So you see, David's left out of the conversation. We, I can go on and on. What about Moses? He goes, "I I, I can't talk." someone's gonna have to talk for me he didn't think he could do it huh yes or no on and on and on and on how about Jacob how about Abraham on and on it is the narrative newsflash you can't do it and that's good news It's good news to realize you, in and of yourself, cannot do it. You cannot call yourself. You cannot anoint yourself. You cannot send yourself. You cannot commission yourself. You cannot ordain yourself. It is the Lord who takes weak people and says, I'll do it through you. That's good news. Because if you start it, you'll have to sustain it. You don't want to have to sustain it. You know how wonderful it is to come into this place knowing we didn't start it? It's wonderful. It means we don't have to pump it. We don't have to grind. We don't have to tweak it. No, 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 no. If we fight for anything, we fight for the origin of how it all started. Us in front of a burning bush that is Jesus himself. And Jesus does the work and gets all the glory. That is the Christian life. It's not to say you should be lazy. It's not to say you don't cooperate. No, 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 no. But it is to say we don't start it. We don't sustain it. And it's not about us. It's the pride of life. He tells Jesus, throw yourself down. Test the Lord. Test the Lord. And I'm telling you, sometimes polluted faith sounds like that. I've had people come here. You know, I want to move here. Uh, Did the Lord talk to you? Yes. Okay, how do you know? Because I know. Okay, tell me how you know. Do you have a verse? Well, not really okay and as a pastor the first thing in my head is uh, we got a problem well i had a dream okay how many well one tell me the dream and i'll say did you think that was about that you're sure and here's the best part most christians say oh pastor give me feedback give me feedback right everybody wants feedback Right? Isn't that just part of our Christian lingo? Hey, if you ever see anything in me, call it out, right? We all say that to each other. Hey, hey, call me higher. Hey, you have complete liberty just to correct me. And then you don't get corrected for like a year. Because the pastor's full-time job is not to just look for things that are all wrong, right? He's actually got a life. Like hitting seven irons and drivers and making putts. (laughs) You can't call everything out in everyone, but, but let's say a year goes by and you do see something and you go, Hey, you wanted feedback, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I want feedback. You want, you, you want unadulterated, Jesus filled scriptural feedback. Yep, That's what I want. I am fully yielded and submitted. (laughs) Okay. Well, this is a big decision for you. And I've walked through some decisions that didn't go so well, and they were my mistake. I don't want that mistake to come your way. Let me tell you how to hear the Lord's voice. A dream or a vision is one piece of it. It's one piece of it. Do you know how many environments stand on prophetic utterance from the past, but they're putrid? Because there's not an ongoing understanding of the way in which God speaks. There is safety in the counsel of many. So that's the first thing I would ask a student. Who have you gone to? Well, (laughs) typically they go to people who don't know them. It's more convenient to go to someone who you don't really know, because they don't know the story, right? And so we actually begin to pick the jury. I'm going to go to the person who's going to give me the answer I want because I'm freaked out to hear the answer I don't want. And why do we not want to hear an answer if it's from God? It's because we've already made the decision. It's the pride of life. Be so yielded to God and his servants Make sure you're covered and protected. Make sure your blind spots are are protected. And then trust the Holy Spirit to speak collectively through people with reputation and integrity. It'll save you from that pride of life thing. If not, you'll begin to take risks that God never asked for. And you'll have to answer questions God is not asking. The devil is the master at getting you to do that. What do I mean? Should I choose purity or power? We'll always choose purity, but who even started these conversations? Is it following Jesus or my family? Wait, what are you talking about? I thought marriage is the greatest declaration of the mystery of Christ and I'm crucified according to Ephesians 5. You understand? The pride of life will throw you into scenarios that God doesn't need you in. And they look like faith. They look like zeal. They look like risk. It would look super faithful for Jesus to jump off the pinnacle and trust his father to catch him. Jesus said, I would not test him. Isn't that beautiful? So you hear the humility in the tone. Keep reading there, David.
2: dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Stop. That's the lust of the eyes.
0: We've got all three now. Lust of the flesh, stone into bread. Pride of life, throw yourself down. Lust of the eyes, look at all the kingdoms. The same old story now go to Genesis 3 verse 6 Amy you're going to read verse 6 Tucker you're going to read 2nd Genesis (laughs) good luck finding it alright go to Genesis 3 there
1: so when the woman saw that the tree was hold on hold on
0: when the woman what lust of the eyes keep reading
1: That the tree was good for food.
0: Ah, lust of the flesh. Same old story, same old devil. Keep going.
1: (coughs) That it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise.
0: Pride of life. There it is right there. Lust of the flesh, eat it. Desirable for food. It was beautiful to the eye. Lust of the eyes, that's a type and connection to Jesus seeing all the kingdoms and now we see that it will make you wise the pride of life now listen the bible teaches that Jesus is wisdom don't check out on me the bible teaches Jesus is wisdom to the christian if somebody asks you puts a mic in your face and says what is wisdom Instantly, Christ Jesus is wisdom. What do you mean? Can you explain yourself? I'm glad you asked. Christ crucified is the ultimate wisdom. Whoa. <laughs> All right, well, I won't do that again. <laughs> Eve sees, through the temptation of the tempter, That if she sinned, it would make her wise. How many teachings on wisdom in the church leave Jesus out? Huh? Even in revival circles. I'm going to teach on wisdom. Wisdom is a person. If you're a member of the church. The patristic heart, the heart of the fathers of the church, Paul included, says... He is wisdom unto us. The divine logos. It's the whole point of John 1. The wisdom of God is a person. The logos of God. The divine expression. The perfect representation according to Hebrews 1. He's the express image of the glory of God. He is wisdom with skin on. But he is not just a, he's not some superhero who expresses that wisdom through worldly dominance to god listen don't forget this to god wisdom is to die to you the cross is god's declaration of wisdom What did the devil offer Eve to eat? A fruit. Say fruit. Fruit. Where'd the fruit come from? Jesus is our first fruit who hung on a tree. And he is the wisdom who can also be eaten. Huh? What? What do you think we're going to do in a moment? Jesus doesn't want to be admired. Oh, I feel the power of God flowing. Jesus doesn't want to be admired cheered on <laughs> if I hear one more person say I'm going to make him famous ooh, I think he's famous enough he, he does not need our help to make him famous the date bears homage to his name every time the sun comes up it speaks of his resurrection every time the sun goes down it tells us Jesus died Every time it's night, it tells us about the Holy Sabbath, that he's buried for three days in the ground. Every time you catch a new breeze and you know the seasons are changing, it tells us that the Holy Spirit blows upon and from and to whom he wishes. The heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens preach the gospel. Human creation, I should say the creation of humans, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Nature itself testifies of the Lord. He does not need help. Our help making him famous. What he needs and what he wants is for his own to die. And to feast upon him as their only food. Yes. It's wonderful. That's wisdom. Christ crucified. Wisdom. Self-denial. Listen, I'm going to hit this and I don't care what people label it. Self-denial. Wisdom. Yes. Foot-washing. Wisdom. Yes. Cheek-turning. Wisdom. Yes. Extending your body for the will of the Father. Wisdom. Saying, Father, forgive them when they don't deserve it. Wisdom. Yes. Yes. Preaching the truth. Wisdom. Wisdom. Giving to the poor when you have nothing. Stupid to the world. Wisdom to God. Not waiting for someone to get it right prior to forgiving them. Wisdom. Taking up your cross. Wisdom. Letting your enemies beat you until God raises you from the dead. Wisdom and we're talking about transformation, when we can't transform, we don't allow God to transform our own being. If I hear one more message on transforming a city that is void of Christ Jesus, I might just slam my face into a wall. (laughs) It is is not the gospel. There is no transformation outside of Calvary. We are Christians. We have no other message. Well I'm a Holy Spirit guy. Are you sure? Because the last time I checked, the Holy Spirit bears witness of Jesus. He has no no other message. He's never going to change the subject. It's all about Jesus. Five more minutes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. There it all is, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And where Adam lost, Jesus won. Hallelujah. All right, let's move on. I'm gonna land this plane at 1155 and we're gonna receive Holy Communion and the Lord's gonna touch you. David, can you read Matthew 4, 12 through 17? So now we've come out of the wilderness. Now we're moving into the ministry of Jesus. Go ahead, David.
2: Now when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which was by the sea and in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali.
0: Even Jesus loves the waterfront. Keep reading.
2: That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali... By the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region in shadow of death, light has dawned from that time. Mm. Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand.
0: Okay. Amy read Mark one verse 14 through 15. I might get excited and roundhouse somebody on the front row. (laughs) Go, Go ahead. Maybe crane technique. I'm not sure. <laughs> Go ahead, Amy. Read one, that.
1: One starting where?
0: One verse, chapter 1, verses 14 and 15.
1: Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. All
0: right. Stop there. Jesus comes out of the wilderness with victory over the tempter He's led in by the Spirit and comes out with the Spirit and power. Huh? It is the power of God that is now equipping him to fulfill his earthly ministry and mandate. What is the first thing he says? Repent. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is, look down, what does it say in Matthew's gospel? Is at hand. What does that mean? The, the clearest, safest definition of the kingdom is the king. Yes. If not, if you disconnect Jesus, the king and his kingdom, it now becomes a system. Yeah. Yeah. That's super dangerous. That was never his intention. Oh, I'm getting excited I don't know why. All right. The, the whole point of the incarnation is to fill all things with himself. So, this was never meant to be a system. This was meant to be him doing it through us, the incarnate life. With the ultimate goal, according to scripture, of filling everything with himself. That's the point of the church. She is filled with him, and she goes into areas where he is not. Honored, and through the incarnation of his own presence in the people, he continues to fill all things. Preaching should be filled with Jesus. Churches should be filled with Jesus. Families should be filled with Jesus. Marriages should be filled with Jesus as the thirdfold cord. He is the incarnate one. He loves to fill everything with him. Ah. So when he says the kingdom is at hand, he's saying, I'm here. I'm here and the reason it's at hand is because he was within reach he's at hand he said guys I'm the angel of the Lord I'm the one who talked to Abraham about about Sodom's judgment huh? I'm the one who went up in a flame when I called Samson through Manoah I'm the one who pseudo-checked Joshua when he said whose side are you on he said I'm the captain of the Lord of Hosts This pre-incarnate Christ is now in a body, and he stands before them and says, the kingdom is at hand. Better change the way you think. It's not limited, however, to changing the way you think, guys. That's an incomplete definition as well. Been saying that for 20 years. Not me, but we have as a church. Not this church. Oh, it just means to change the way you think. That is a partial definition. No, 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 no. It means the entirety of your being recognizes the Ancient of Days who has come in flesh and becomes, because he is standing in front of you, the only rightful response is to do a massive U-turn because the King is here. You change the way you think. You change where you go. You change what you do. You change what you say. And what's the key? What's the ATM code to it all? Mark mentions it. Believe the gospel. What is the gospel? The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. His ascension to the right hand of the Father. His outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And His soon coming return. That's repentance. It is a 100% U-turn. And it's the only rightful response... To Adonai standing in front of you. (laughs) He is the king of his own kingdom. Thank you, Lord. All right, and this is the last scripture, I promise. Thank you, Lord. Mm, this one, uh, you all sort of wore mouthpieces because someone's gonna just—it's gonna make you want to slap your neighbor. <laughs> it's too much. I cannot. <laughs> it's too much, man. All right, let's do it. We'll end with a bang. Luke four fourteen. David, just start reading there. You're gonna read through verse twenty two, and then I'm gonna cross reference it, and then we're gonna receive holy communion. Then Luke Jesus... four fourteen through twenty two.
2: Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. In the power of the Spirit, yeah. And news of him went out through all the surrounding regions. You don't
0: need to self-promote if you're anointed. It'll happen. Keep
2: going. And he taught in their synagogues. Oh, he
0: went to church. I don't need the gathering of the saints. I am the church. You're better than Jesus. Keep
2: going. Being
0: glorified by all. Mm, That's the point of the church. Keep going. So he came to Nazareth. Where he had been brought up. Ah, hold on. If you can do it at home, you can do it anywhere. Because a prophet is not without honor except in their own hometown. Keep going.
2: And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. Whoa.
0: You mean you should read the word in church? We got Jesus going to church and reading his Bible. We may want to do that. Keep, Keep reading, David. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. Hold on. The Old Testament? Yeah, the Old Testament. There's no such thing. It's just the scriptures. Those are labels. If you you grew up when Jesus did in the life of Paul, you didn't say, I'm not going to read the Old Testament. These are the scriptures. You would never say, I'm not going to read the Old Testament. It's the only
2: scripture you have. Keep going. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. When he what? Say it again. Open the Say, it again.
0: Open the Say it again. Say it again. All right, keep door. reading. You'll know why I did that. The Spirit of
2: the Lord is upon me because mm, He. What has is anoint-
0: all Scripture about? Jesus. Keep going.
2: Because He has anointed me to preach the gospel. Ah, to it's born. all
0: about Jesus, even regarding the activity of the Spirit. You can't know the Spirit without watching His interact in, in, interaction in the Christ and with Jesus Himself.
2: Keep going. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Now this is what that anointing produces. Heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Mm, Keep going. And recovery of sight to the blind.
0: There you go. Broken hearts, physical healing. Through what? The preaching of the scriptures, the preaching of the gospel. Keep reading,
2: David. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. What is the
0: acceptable year of the Lord? It is the now moment. It is the season of favor by which man can receive the gospel. And it all happened. It all shifted. A new age hit when Jesus showed up. Keep going. Then he closed the book and gave it. Did what? He opened the book, right? And then he closed the book. And what did he do? And he
2: gave it back to the attendant and sat down. Only kings sit down.
0: That's kingly talk. There's some glorious language here. Keep going.
2: And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. That's healthy
0: church. When Jesus moves, when Jesus speaks, when the scriptures are taught in a Christocentric way, guess what happens? You stare at it. That's called worship. You want a worshiping church, a worshiping environment? You want psalmists? you want that Levitical heart? You better teach Jesus in the word or it won't last. Keep going.
2: And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. (laughs) In other words,
0: everything you ever read just happened. (laughs) And it happened in me. And I am the point of all you've been studying. Keep going.
2: So all who bore witness to him and marveled at his gracious words, which proceeded out of his mouth, and they said... Is this not Joseph's Wait a minute.
0: So familiarity now pipes up and steals the opportunity. People who know you best are often tripped up because they can't see past you. And they don't have the maturity that Paul had who said, we see no man according to the flesh. You have to know when your friend or family member in a moment is not really operating as your friend and family member. You need to know When God begins to clothe them in his presence and treat them like a servant of God. All right, let's stop there. Now, what did he do with the book? Say he opened it. Amy, read Daniel 7. Sorry to give that one to you so quick, Amy. Daniel 7, verse 10. David, Revelation 20, verse 12. Sorry, I slammed you hard there, Amy.
1: One more time.
0: Daniel 7, verse 10.
1: That's what really a good husband. <laughs> he saved the day. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened.
0: Ooh. The court was seated. The books were open. Nazareth. The King of Daniel 7 just showed up to your little humble village, and he is the only book opener. Yeah. Yeah. Revelation 20, David, verse 12.
2: And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened.. <laughs>
0: keep reading
2: and another book was opened which another is, one was open keep reading which is the book of life mm. and the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books
0: who's the book opener you've got to read the scriptures through the lens of christ crucified and your heart will burn last last i'm reading the last one i'm reading this one who's the book opener right Revelation 5 verse 1 through 14 help me there Joel and I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll another scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals and I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice who is worthy to open the scroll and loose its seals what a question and no one in heaven. Say nobody. Or on the earth. Or, or under the earth. Was able to open this scroll. So I wept much. Because no one was found worthy. To open and read the scroll. Or look at it. Let alone. They weren't allowed to look at it. Let alone open it. And I looked Mm, this is so good. Verse 5, But one of the elders said to me, Don't weep. Oh, that's good news. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it had been slain. Remember, the cross is the throne of the universe. Having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth, then he came. (laughs) He came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints, and they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll, O Jesus, holy and divine scroll opener, and to open its seals, for you were slain, you have redeemed us to God by your blood, out of every tribe, and tongue, and people, and nation, and you've made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth." Verse 12, worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Verse 13, the end of it, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Amen. There's only one Jesus. Let's give him praise this morning. There's only one Jesus. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can like and subscribe. To help us continue to reach people around the world with the gospel, give today at jesusimage.tv forward slash give. You can also join us in person or online every Sunday at Jesus Image Church. For more information on Jesus Image events, Jesus School, and resources, visit jesusimage.tv.